Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. I strongly support and value the uniqueness of all individuals and provide a safe community where diversity is embraced. Through my mentorship and signature program called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information and to get on the wait list for any of my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome. My name is Karen Fabian. I am your host, and you are listening to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am recording this on Sunday. June 26th, 2022, and this will go live tomorrow, the 27th. Uh, here in Boston, we are in the thick of just like a massive heat wave, <laughs> which um, which is great. I mean, no complaints at all. Uh, I hope you're having a good start to your summer. I'm, I'm really not even going to get into anything with regard to um, the news of the past 24 to 48 hours involving the Supreme Court. Um, I've actually... And the, the one thing I will say is I've been spending most of the past 48 hours educating myself um, and learning more about constitutional law, <laughs> uh, the interpretation of law, and um, the 14th Amendment, and women's health care. So I've, I've been, as with a lot of these um, things that we have been living through as a country here in the United States, uh, I've been learning a lot. And um, I'm not going to go into it other than to say, um, I think that that, at least for me, has been a helpful approach, even though a big part of me wants to react. Um, there's a lot that I don't understand about a lot of things. <laughs> um, and uh, probably things I should have paid more attention to when I was in school. So it's unfortunate that this needs to be um, part of at least my education. Um, however, I am spending the time to, to really learn about some of these topics before I share my thoughts. So having said that, um, I wanted to go into today's episode just starting out with just a couple of thoughts. And the first one is I wanna let you know uh, that the weekly class schedule has been posted. I posted it today, Sunday. So every week I teach virtual classes. And did you know that if you're a teacher, which I'm guessing you are, and when you come to class, you can bring your anatomy questions and just hang out after class and we can talk about them. Um, I've had 
quite a few teachers join and um, inevitably they'll ask some questions at the end and we had some really good impromptu conversations about anatomy. So that's another reason. I mean, there's so much free content out there, but to have free live content is really, um, is really a, a valuable thing because you can ask questions in real time and get some, you know, some real feedback. So not only in these 30 minute classes will you of course get your yoga, uh, you can also bring your anatomy questions. So you can find the schedule for, um, for the classes on the virtual class page of my website. Uh, the other thing I'm super excited about, and I hope that you are interested in this idea, is this Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time, I'm hosting the first of my summer workshop series, and it's going to be about hip anatomy. And this is part of a new offer that I'm putting out there to really do more than just free workshops. And so what I've done is I've created a really inexpensive monthly membership that gets you access to my anatomy course. Now, of course, the blueprint, the yoga anatomy blueprint learning program, which is my main program, has coaching and anatomy manual, a practice portal, and the course. It's a multi-layered program really designed to help you master anatomy in an easy step-by-step -step way so you can share your cues with confidence know what you're talking about build your sequences easily and answer student questions without stumbling over your words what i've done for this summer workshop series and beyond for my monthly workshops i'm going to be doing on anatomy is you can either access the course part of the yoga anatomy blueprint learning program on a monthly basis or you can anytime invest in the program uh, in full and i'm offering 50 percent off if you enroll in the program the full program before this first workshop on 629 which is wednesday and the reason i'm doing this is because coming to a free workshop every now and again just isn't enough it's it's a good start. I wanted to give you access to at least the course so you could really beef up your anatomy uh, knowledge and skills. So this is the actual course in the full program. And you can do it on a month-to-month -month basis. You can access it uh, on a month-to-month -month basis, uh, or of course you can invest in it completely. The good news is as soon as you register for the workshop, you will have immediate access to the course. And um, so you'll be able to, even before the workshop, scroll through the modules in the course, start to get some of the information down. And then after each workshop, you can take a deeper dive by accessing the information in the course. So here is the way you can uh, register for the workshop and this monthly membership. You can go to my website and go to the events page and you'll see the workshops uh, registration page listed. If you have any trouble, just send me a DM. So I hope to see you this Wednesday. We've got a bunch of people signed up. And um, just so you know, these workshops that I'm doing now, these monthly anatomy workshops will only be available to people who are enrolled in my program, either as a full student or in this new monthly membership. And um, this is one of the benefits of being in the program is that you're always gonna get continuing education, ongoing education. Of course, you'll get contact our CEUs for these workshops that you can put in your Yoga Alliance um, profile. And 
more importantly, you'll get the knowledge. So this is one of the benefits of being in my program that I've decided to commit to monthly workshops for anyone in the program. So that's coming up this Wednesday. And the other thing which is related to that is I want to get your opinion about something. I've been part of a Facebook group for the past couple of weeks. That's a general Facebook group for yoga teachers. I don't even remember the name of it. It was recommended to me by somebody. And this Facebook group has uh, thousands of teachers in it. It's pretty amazing how many people are in there. And in watching the multitude of questions coming through that page, it's become clear to me that teachers, teachers want support on a lot of different topics, not just anatomy related ones. And I have a whole business background. My first book was on the business of teaching yoga. Um, there's a lot of other things that I would love to be able to support you with in addition to the anatomy portion. And in being part of this group, it's become clear to me that teachers really have like immediate needs, midterm needs, long-term needs around topics and learning outside of just anatomy. And I've been thinking about changing and expanding the focus of my signature program beyond anatomy and calling it something like the yoga teacher toolbox. So it basically would be a one-stop shop for you as a teacher, where you could access everything from all the information that's already there, teaching you anatomy and the skills that go with it. It would also include though, business component, a business component, even things like a sample contract, um, ways to track your expenses, information about filing your taxes, all that kind of information on the business side. A whole section I'm thinking on setting your rates, um, um, responding to proposal requests. So that whole business piece as well. And then a whole bunch of other things that have to do with how do you set up your first private with a new student? How do you create a beginner's class? Just a lot of kind of the tactical stuff that I'm seeing questions about. So what I'd love to know from you is, do you think this would be of interest to you? You know, I, I sort of hate to admit this, but part of me feels like there, there just isn't as much of an interest in learning anatomy as there is other topics and or teachers sometimes feel pressed to deal with other issues before they fill in their learning gap on anatomy. So part of me is feeling like focusing just on anatomy might be a bit off from where you're at right now and what you feel you need. However, I need your feedback to know if I'm on the right track or not. So if you're listening to this and you're a yoga teacher, can you send me a DM on Instagram and let me know if this revamping of my current program makes sense to you, would be something you're interested in or not? Uh, and any thoughts you have on that, I would sure appreciate it. Uh, if you don't have Instagram, you can always send me an email, karen at barebonesyoga.com. So I wanted to um, do uh, today's episode focused on a couple of different scenarios that have happened to me over the years. 
to not only share the scenario to see um, if there's you know maybe some interest on your part in hearing how it was handled how i handled it um, maybe it's something that's happened to you i would love to know if you also have once you listen to this episode some kind of not strange but off the beaten path experiences that have happened to you as a teacher and maybe i could even have you on the show to share what happened and, and how you handled it so the first one this actually happened a number of years ago, although it's and it's it's very unique. I don't I don't think this is something that would come up often. And this actually happened at a time when I was working in a studio and it was pretty expected that you would assist your students. And I was assisting students regularly. I very much backed off of that, especially when a lot of the philosophies around assisting changed uh, in terms of making sure you have consent of the student. And there were a lot more just procedures and acknowledgements and aw uh, the awareness level was very different. I I'm in full support of all of it. Um, this though happened at a time when our awareness collectively as a teaching community was not there yet. And so it was just kind of assumed, especially in this particular studio, that when you came to take class there, you were going to get assisted. And I remember one of the teachers that, uh, one of the senior teachers that worked there had a very distinctive way that they assisted students coming up into wheel pose where they would stand with their feet straddling the person's head, the student would grab the ankles of the teacher and then would leverage the teacher's legs and the grip they had on the teacher's ankles to hoist themselves up into wheel. Which when I think back about it now, it's sort of terrifying to me that we did that. It's just so in my mind now, clearly inappropriate and unsafe and i just would never ever do that now unsafe for for me you know the i remember distinctly making sure i was bending my knees and i was close enough to the student that i wasn't leaning forward with my arms straight it was just it was a shit show i i can't believe we actually did this however this was something regularly done and i remember there was this older man that came to class one time and he said to me i before class started um i want you to assist me in wheel that particular way he described it and i remember thinking to myself like you can't actually <laughs> request an assist like if i am available to assist you when i'm calling out that pose i will do it this is what i was thinking uh, number one and number two that particular assist i was thinking is pretty strenuous and i'm not sure i i want to offer it to someone who is a fairly big person meaning tall and that kind of thing so i did not assist that person when i called out the posture i did not assist that person and that was that and at the end of class as I was packing up and getting ready to leave, it was just me and the woman at the front desk. And I realized that this student had stayed and they were waiting for me. 
and he came into the studio and I was in the studio and she was out at the desk, but there was no one else in the studio room with me. And he confronted me and he said, you, I told you I wanted to be assisted and you didn't assist me. And the first thing I thought of was I need to get my back facing the door to get out of the studio room and into the lobby. So I started to engage him in conversation while I slowly turned my body. So now my back was to the door that went to the lobby and I slowly started walking to the lobby. And when I got out into the lobby, the other person was there and I basically just explained to him that, you know, I, I couldn't be expected to assist somebody on demand. He was very upset and he stormed out and I can't remember what happened after that. I must have reported it to somebody in management and um, I never saw him again. So that that's the situation. Um, I would say for, for safety purposes, especially for those of you, and I have done it too, who open and close studios with no one else there, be very aware, this is just general safety, be very aware of who is the last person to leave and, and that kind of thing. Um, and if anything at all concerns you, you need to leave the studio and be outside the studio, uh, even if it means you're leaving somebody in the studio by themselves. You know, don't drive away, but get outside. So that's uh, that was situation number one. Another thing that happened, um, and this was for a, for a while there, this was pretty regularly. It was my Sunday class at 12.30 or 12.30, yeah, like every week for about a month and a half. I had a couple, married couple, and they were very, very practiced yogis. And um, he must have had a very traditional yoga background and he would come to class. The both of them would come to class very early and they would put their mats in the center of the room. And this was a very big studio. And the Sunday class typically had 20, 20 people or more. And he would wear a very, very small pair of shorts with nothing on underneath. And he would practice his own practice. And the first time this happened, and this was the concept of practicing your own sequence, even though you're in a group class, was apparently um, not encouraged, but not dissuaded in this particular studio. However, most students, when they knew they were going to sort of do their own thing or highly change from what you were offering, is they would put themselves in the back. But this couple put themselves in the middle of the room and came a half an hour early. So they were ensured that they could have the middle of the room. And the, the man was wearing a very, very small pair of shorts and that was it. And so I remember the first time this happened after about 20 minutes of him doing his own thing, I went over to the both of them and I said, excuse me, there are beginners around you and it's somewhat confusing that you're doing your own practice. Can I ask you to move to the back of the room? And he was highly offended and refused to move. And I said this very low, everybody was in child's pose or something, I don't know. And um, 
And then after class, he approached me, or no, he didn't approach me. He emailed the studio manager and complained that he was asked to move. And the studio manager, I can't remember what he said, but this happened at least three more times. And because I had a conversation with the studio manager, I didn't do anything further. I let this person do whatever they were doing. It was clear that there was like an exhibitionist type um, behavior happening. And um, I bring that up because, you know, in this particular situation, I, I still believe should be uh, not confronted, but there should be a conversation with the student. And there needs to be a respectful way to do it because you don't make assumptions. You don't know what the person's motivation is. However, it is confusing for not only me as a teacher and you as a teacher, it's confusing for the students around them. However, outside of this particular scenario, what used to happen in terms of people even in the back doing their own thing would fluster me. And over the years, I sort of let that go. And I would you know, basically let people do whatever they wanted as long as they were off in their own corner. And that for me took a little bit of growth because I used to kind of be personally offended by that. And then I just decided like, what's the personal offense? If, if you know, they're getting out of their house, they're practicing yoga, it's a little strange to me that they would generally do their own thing in a group class, but hey, it's, it's to their health benefit and I wanna be supportive of that. So I just let that go. So that was scenario two. Um, another scenario that happened one time was a student came to class and she told me before class that she had a broken arm. I believe it was a fracture of her ulna and she had, I believe she had some medical treatment and she was awaiting a follow-up and I, I've very rarely said this, but I, I basically said, there is so much happening here in this class where you are weight bearing on your arms that it would most likely be a very unsafe situation for you to do everything that we are doing. However, if you feel that you can modify things so you're not weight bearing on your arms, go for it. And that is what she did. She came to class. She didn't do any weight bearing on her arm. She stayed standing for most of the vinyasa portion. And then she did a number of seated posture postures. So that's always an option for you. Um, I think that was definitely an extreme case uh, of someone who really clearly should not have been there. But it also really demonstrates that oftentimes your students won't know. They kind of won't know what the line is. Um, I've had people come to my classes hungover. I've had people come to class right off a, a long flight and they clearly are not, this was back when I was teaching heated yoga. It's not appropriate for them to hop off a six hour flight and then hop into a hot yoga class. You know, people just don't know. Um, and, or they sometimes have this feeling that they have to quote unquote work out and they have to get their yoga in. So, you know, just be prepared is what I would say for anything. That leads me to my next scenario, which is um, a student. I've had over the years, I've had a number of students with medical issues. This is why I would absolutely say get CPR and first aid certified. 
and be prepared, especially if you are teaching in a scenario where you're the only one in the building, in the studio, not be prepared because it's fairly rare. However, if something does happen, you're the one in charge. So, you know, there's that standard, check the scene, check the victim, call 911. So check the scene, meaning as long as the scene is safe for you and the victim to stay in, you stay. Uh, check the scene, check the victim. So your next responsibility is check the victim for breathing and, and, and consciousness and all of that. And then you have somebody call 911. You don't call 911, you stay with the person. Uh, and you say to one of the students, call 911 and report back to me when they have been called and what the status is of their arrival. And I did have the one scenario that does come to my mind is one where I had a student just about pass out. He was quite red in the face. And um, my recollection, he was with his girlfriend. We got some cold towels or put towels in water and just kind of put them on the back of his neck. I wanted to call 911. He refused. He started to look a little bit better uh, after about a half an hour. And then they both left together. So in retrospect, I probably should have called 911 in that case. Um, however, he, he did seem to be okay and getting better. But um, I would always say in general, err on the side of calling 911, especially obviously if someone's unconscious. Um, the next situation I talked about once a while ago on the podcast, and this involved me at the last minute being asked to cover a class. And when I walked into the studio, this actually happened to me twice now that I think about it in two different studios. Um, when I walked into the studio to cover the class, there was a student, not the same person. Um, there was a student that saw me come in and said to the woman at the front desk, is she teaching the class? And the person at the front desk said, yes, she's covering at the last minute because so-and-so had an emergency. And the student walked out, like literally decided after they had gotten themselves to the studio that it was not worth taking my class, they'd be better off just going home. And this was also a while ago. And I remember it was at a time in this particular studio that this one teacher had like, super dedicated students that would always come to their class. And this particular student who left, I always knew to be someone who was very, very committed to this teacher. And it really brings up just a general question is, is any yoga better than, you know, or how can I say this? is it better just to get your yoga in? Like, can you, can you remove the teacher from the practice? You know, cause if you think about the teacher just as the facilitator, it's not about the teacher. It's really about you as the student doing yoga. And it was, it was interesting to me, especially several years ago, uh, long before there was a studio on every corner. And obviously now that's not the case post COVID. Um, however, at a time when yoga was really, really popular, it was very common for students to be very attached to their teacher. And in my view, there were several instances where it was not healthy and, and where I would hear 
teachers have um, real social conversations with students in a way that I personally did not feel comfortable with. So this is, again, this is my opinion. This is more of a, a sharing episode. Um, and, you know, I think though that it's important for us from a professional scope of practice perspective as teachers to understand what our boundaries are, to identify our boundaries and to adhere to them, you know, so that we can be, because we are there as professionals. And of course, it's wonderful to know your students' names and maybe to know a little bit about their lives. However, you are there as a professional and working there uh, at the studio as a professional. So I think it's, it's really healthy to have some, some boundaries uh, with your students. Um, and then the last thing, Oh, that was the last thing. I, I have some notes that I wrote down. So I hope this has been helpful on some level. I would love to know if you have had any situations come up where it was a situation maybe a little bit off the beaten path and how you handled it. So you can send me an email or send me a DM or just let me know what you thought about how I handled any of these things and anything that came up for you as you uh, heard about any of these situations. So I hope that you have a wonderful week. I will be back uh, next week, which actually is the 4th of July, of course, here in the US, big holiday. I will probably record prior to Monday, but um, I am planning on going live, live every week as I always do. And I really sincerely hope I see you in one of the workshops um, this summer. If not, hopefully this one coming up this week. And I um, hope to hear from you uh, in terms of uh, what I mentioned at the beginning about somewhat changing the focus and broadening the scope of my major uh, program. Love to have your feedback there. So thank you so much for listening. And I will be chatting with you again in the next episode of Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Hi there. Well, you made it to the end of the episode and now you're listening to the outro, which is amazing. Thank you so much for staying all the way until the end. So I want to just let you know that I just the other day put on my website on the events page, a really cool and short, it's like 20 minutes recorded workshop that I've done. And it covers how the topic of how to provide effective cues. And this is something that I get asked about all the time. So I wanted to do a special recorded webinar workshop that you could listen to, you can watch because it is uh, an actual visual workshop as if you were there with me in the studio, uh, or you could just listen to it. I think it's gonna be better if you actually watch it. So how you get to this is super easy. You just go to my website, which is barebonesyoga.com. And on the events page, you're going to see the schedule for the events I'm holding on any particular month. And right on that page, you'll see a link to watch the automated webinar. And I like to call them workshops because in the teacher world, yoga teacher world, that's what we call these deep dives we do into different topics. And this one is no different. So just hop over there, barebonesyoga.com, go to the events page. You can watch this uh, webinar that I recently recorded. Here we are in the middle of 2022, and it's got some really cool ideas and strategies that you can use 
to really build your confidence in your cueing. So once you watch that, if you have any questions, of course, just reach out to me and let me know. And I'm happy to hop on a call with you and answer whatever questions you might have. Namaste.